0: He died for you, he died for me From our sin he set us free He loved to save his life he gave So if we ask we can Hello, I'm Rick Hurtless, founder of His Gospel Power. Thank you for joining with our program once again. We're talking about the book of 1 Peter. We're in the fourth chapter of 1 Peter. We're going to start today on the third verse. Now, we already talked a little bit about the third verse yesterday, but I want to continue on to that third verse conversation because we're not we're not quite finished with that yet. It says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans chose to do, so, in other words, he's taken, he is taking for granted, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's what you did in the past, is in the past. You're not still doing it. You're still not joining in the debauchery. You're not joining in the parties. You're not joining in all those things that you did once before. In fact, he even says that you chose to do living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Now, we touched on this, just a moment. We might want to stay on it for just a moment more. Ron touched on this pretty hard, and, and let's talk about this. It says, They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. They think it's strange. Those people who are still living in debauchery, they want you to follow them there. They want to pull you back into the quagmire with them. They do not like the fact that, that you have gotten out of the, the puddle of the, of uh, debauchery. They want you back down with them. And that is why they, they tell you they think it's strange or they're upset with you or whatever. Now, at this point, I believe you should come out from them. According to the word, you should come out from them and be separate from the world. Now, that does not mean you should no longer, um, talk with them at all. It does not mean that you should, uh, Come with condemnation to them about, about what they are doing. It means that you are still to love them, and you're not supposed to really talk condemning talk down to them like you are so great and wonderful, because you're not. You are a sinner saved by grace through the power of Jesus Christ. However, it is to say that you come out from them and show them what it is like to be a Christian. You do not stay in the debauchery with them and try to bring them out of the cesspool. You try to call them from the cesspool so that you don't get mired back down into the cesspool with them. And so that's what this this is talking about. Peter is warning those believers that, look, you used to do these
1: things. You don't do them anymore. That's basically what he's saying. Well, I have one thing to say about that on verse 4. Since we just had the the Halloween season, I'm not even going to call it a holiday because we already we discussed that last week. But just read verse 4. From a point of view of a Christian looking at Halloween, they are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. As a Christian... Think about if you have ever told anybody, my family doesn't celebrate Halloween because it's satanic worship. You're either going to get a, well, we only do it for the candy or for the fun, or you're going to get that blank stare like, I never thought about it that way from supposed other Christians and pagans. I actually posted on Facebook a few weeks ago and I said, why are unbelievers surprised or not surprised when we say we celebrate Halloween, they should be surprised when we say we do celebrate Halloween. Because if we celebrate Halloween as Christians, we're just as bad as they are. If we tell them we don't celebrate Halloween, then we're fitting the profile of a Christian. But if we are supposedly a Christian and we're celebrating Halloween... that's hypocrisy, and then I can understand why pagans go, well, what's so special about these Christians?
0: Well, and the funny thing to me is, I've had it said, look, it's just good fun. I don't see anything wrong with Halloween. We've been doing it all our lives. Nothing really bad has happened. Well, number one, I don't think you realize the degradation of your family because of partaking in that for years and years and years. I think there are problems in your family that would not have happened if you would have not allowed that that satanic influence. But number two, how about if you just, well, you know what? Getting drunk is just good fun, too. That's go right. Going to a party, and uh it doesn't mean anything. I'm I'm just going to go get drunk. It's no big deal. And so let's just go do that because it's just good fun. It's not hurting anybody. You know, I don't even drink and drive. You know, I, I let somebody else drive, so it's not hurting anybody. But see, that same logic works. But most Christians would agree, not all, but most, well, I'm going to say real Christians would agree, We're not supposed to get drunk. That's just all there is to it. Because God tells us, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're not, we know we're not supposed to be drunk with wine. Neither are we to allow divination within our, within our household. And that's what, that's what practicing Halloween is. I mean, you can say whatever you want. When you begin to start getting down and dirty about it, That is what it comes down to, is witchcraft and divination.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And here's where I like to address it with supposed Christians. We know in Scripture, one sin is as bad as all the others. Well, some might say that, well, adultery is fun. Gangs would Gangs would tell us that drive-by shootings are fun. So as a supposed Christian, where is that line of sinning is okay and then it's not okay? If one sin is just as bad as the rest, then you shouldn't be doing any of them. So to say that it's okay because it's fun, then isn't murder fun? Isn't murder okay then? Isn't adultery okay then? If you're looking at it from that point of view, where is your line? If your line is none of them are okay, then you're fine. If your line is, Well, these some of these are and some aren't, then isn't everybody's line different and therefore everybody's line of sin is different? You can't have it both ways. You can't have it some sin is okay and some isn't because the person right next to you might have a different definition of that. So which of you is right and which of you is wrong? You have to draw the line where scripture says no sin is okay. Well, and, and that's the the whole thing is if you will listen,
0: Christians, if you'll just wake up, okay, and come out uh, of your slumber, come out of your sleep. I think I've already read this a couple of weeks ago, but, but there are, there was a, a shaman. I didn't read this. There was a shaman, uh, priest that came to our country and he started looking around at all the things he came around Halloween he started looking at all the things and he said uh this is what we these all of these costumes are what we use when we when we are worshiping satan when we are are practicing the the magic arts when we are calling the spirits we wear all of these same masks and all of these same things there was a uh there was a satanist who was who was the head of satan of some of the satanic cults He warns Christians about celebrating uh, Halloween. It says, should Christians celebrate Halloween? Options differ between uh, Christian Christian leaders, lay people, and church members. Uh, But uh, And it says, according to a CBN News Facebook poll, 87% of believers feel that Christians should not celebrate Halloween, while 13% believe it's okay. Former Satanist John Ramirez recently joined the Charlene Aaron on CBN News, show prayer, talk to the uh, to Christians in Halloween. And he said, I was a general to the kingdom of darkness and witchcraft. I would sit with the devil and talk to him like talking to you today. It was the kind of communication. It was that kind of relationship. So this man had, instead of having a relationship with Jesus, he had a relationship with Satan. Ramirez warns Halloween isn't just about costumes and candy. There's a much darker reality. Sometimes people say, I celebrated Halloween 10 years ago. I did this 15 years ago. I did this 20 years ago, but the door's still open. You just cursed your family from three to four generations. See, you're not even aware of what you're doing. Now, I didn't even plan to get in on this conversation again about Halloween, but it did just happen last week. And I, and I want our listeners to come out from among them and be separate. You need to understand what you're purporting and what you are are hanging on to as your tradition, because what we had, instead of traditions, we need to hang on to the blood of Jesus Christ. I have not celebrated Halloween for years and years and years and years. As soon as I learned of the satanic ritual that is Halloween, I dropped it. When I was about twenty one years old, I said, "We're done with this. We're not doing this anymore." And we have not done that as soon as I learned. But there are those, so many who want to hang on to their tradition and hang on to that so-called fun of celebrating with the devil. I mean, you can, you can call it whatever you want. I didn't plan to get into this talk today, but since it led us back here, I think it's, it's prudent that we understand we are in the last days. You do not understand, brothers and sisters, we are in the last days. The last days come out from among them and be separate. Give the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tell the people about Jesus. Focus on Jesus and point to him. Now, thankfully, this week we are out of that horrid season. I hate Halloween. I hate the day. I hate the leading up to the day. I've got to hear about it. I've got to see it. I don't like it. I pray through Halloween so that Mm -hmm. my family will be protected. but. And then I come into the to the holidays on November the 1st and begin to enjoy that holiday season. God wants me to come out from it and be separate. And that's exactly what I
1: know that he wants you to do as well. Well, Pastor, since you, you mentioned a verse, I, I really want to touch on this to explain it to people. Because I know I've gotten this question before about like uh, what you said about the third and fourth generation for people that are sinning. Well, I've done a Facebook Live video that really goes into the blessings of children. And I want to explain that verse because that's one of the verses I used. It's Exodus 24 through 6. And in this, God's talking about worshiping idols. And surprisingly, it's actually one of the Ten Commandments. So when God talks about this, where he clarifies it. Is he says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, I want to clarify, and you can tell me if you see it the same way as I do, Pastor God does not specifically punish the third and fourth generation. But if we look at it from a generational point of view, you, in in modern society, you affect the possibly three, maybe four generations past you. You yourself, Pastor, are a grandfather. So you are currently affecting two generations. So the things that you do, those generations see you do and are influenced by it. And I believe that's what God's talking about here, where... The the generations that observe us are going to be blessed or cursed by what they see us do and the things that we do to them. So God's not saying, well, when you have a child, they're instantly cursed because of what you did. It's because of the influence that you have on them. If the generations keep worshiping God, then yes, thousands of generations will be blessed because they'll keep having that positive influence. But if you look at it, with the the curse, once we pass away, how many generations are going to remember us? Maybe three, maybe four at the most. I remember my great-grandmother briefly. I remember going to her house a couple times. I don't know the generation before her because I never met them. I never remembered them. So if we look at this verse of, the person isn't being cursed in those generations it's the influence of your sin or your blessing on those generations
0: exactly i mean that that is exactly and and so if you don't straighten it out and in fact, really, once you have started it, even once you try to straighten it out, they still don't get it. I have grandchildren that um still do not get it and, and they they um um they decide they're going to join in Halloween or whatever. They're going to des- they've decided they're going to join in whatever the debauchery of the world is. And, of course, they didn't see me do that. But at the same time, um, they've seen the, other world, the rest of the world do it. And so if it's for me to explain to them and try to get them to where their generation is not cursed, but they're already passing it down to their children, because
1: I have great-grandchildren. What Satan is real good these days at making sin look appealing where it may not have been so appealing just a couple generations ago.
0: Well, I mean, I don't even know if I can agree with that. It was pretty appealing at the Garden of Eden. You know, they, he showed them that that's, this fruit was good. This fruit, you ought to be able to eat the fruit. It's good and it, it tastes good and it's good for knowledge. Well, that's why it was pushed onto us. I think it's a, the same exact thing I mean it's it, sin is appealing that's all, but it's only temporary, sin is so temporary, yes, it's appealing, but it's temporary. going with the beautiful woman in the red dress for the night is appealing, what? but joining then telling your wife or having her find out and destroying your entire family for the rest of your life is where it comes to
1: fruition well i'm I'm thinking about America if you look at. The pre nineteen sixties, abortion was still illegal, so it was morally taboo or a sin in moral. So if someone, yeah, if, yeah, if, if, someone ways, yes. so if someone wanted or was considering an abortion, they were the the church actually still spoke out against it back then. So there was actually, in well, the first-
0: even, like you said, even adultery or living with someone, we didn't just freely live with, you know, just fall into right. bed with every, you know, now it's about the first kiss. And, and I mean, it used to be rather it was about the first kiss. And now it's about the, and that you could take two yeah. or three weeks for the first kiss. And now it's about
1: just falling into bed with them the first night. So right. Yes, it, it, you know, I see
0: what you're saying as far as that goes. That's it's, true. it's
1: all about a head count. Right. So the same thing with abortion. People think it's, there's no conviction about it anymore. It's almost cool to have an abortion to say that you did in some circles. It's, it's just crazy. Well, homosexuality. There's a reason they say they had to come out of the closet. Because they knew it was sin, so they had to hide it. Now it's cool to... To sin. Well, to be <laughs> bisexual, trisexual, quad sexual, whatever they think they are now. But it's one of those, yeah, you just look at Sixty years ago, things that were still shunned within the church, the church is accepting now. So it it was that whole transition that that we're talking about here from sin being called sin to now sin's being called cool. Well, now you've broached the subject, the church. Because, see, Peter,
0: again, he is saying, for in the past, you know, you, you have spent enough time in the past. Doing what the pagans chose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry the church does that now, and they call themselves the church still they they don't want to call out sin because they're afraid that it will not grow the church well i you know you can you can trust me on this if you're embracing sin in your quote unquote church, you are not growing the church, you're not growing the church, you might be growing the uh the club that's in your building. But you are not growing the body of Christ. You're not growing the church. If you are embracing sin in your body of, uh, of well, I'm, I was going to say body of believers, but I, I, I can't say that. If you are embracing sin in your club, in your church club. Because you're not the church at
1: that point, they might as well take the the cross down and throw a pentagram up. They might accept it. They might not care. Well, in the name of
0: uh, a political correctness, that's probably what will be happening soon.
1: Oh, I hear because they're already
0: cutting off crosses off of churches all over the place.
1: I see the new logo being a cross with a pentagram in the center of it. Well, wait, wait for that logo to know, come out.
0: You may have something there because it'd be something like Chryslam.
1: Well, yeah, and then they'll they'll put the Muslim. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the you moon got, and the star uh, on right, top. So, exactly. yeah, we'll just, so, we'll have them all together.
0: So all of that together, you know, I mean, I know that sounds outlandish, but does it? Does it? If you're listening to this program, does that sound outlandish to you? It does not to me. Unfortunately, I could see that on a church. You know, you there are on a churches. What's that? Uh, you mean on a building? On a, on a church building, yes, yeah. on, just on the building, not not the church. I don't want you to get confused what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about what is called a church. In fact, in America they do it all the time. They're, oh look at that church. You're driving down the road. Look at that church. No, that's not a church. It's a building. The church is those people who worship Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're believers. That's the church. The building is not the church. The building is where they happen to go to worship God. So yes, but there are there is a uh, in the, in England, there was an Anglican church, and they rented out their building to Satan. They rented out their building to some kind of satanic ritual. They rented out their building just a month or two ago to a um, uh, fashion a, mod, a fashion show, a satanic fashion show. Now, tell me, and and Hillsong, okay? I'm going to go ahead. And, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Hillsong Church. They were doing. Uh, they were basically having. Uh, debauchery on their stage a few months ago last well it was about a year ago I guess to where they were had a program up there of uh, high-stepping high-stepping uh, girls and the naked cowboy running around on stage and all of that kind of stuff it's like wait a minute wait a minute you know th- does that sound like it, does any of that sound like what the word says that we should be dressing in modesty does any of that sound like modesty to you no it does not and it's in the name of seeker sensitive. It's a name in the name of, well, let's, let's give them the entertainment that they want so they'll hear the gospel. Well, but then, then they don't hear the gospel because they don't hear the entire truth because they don't hear any of the bad stuff. Just like Joel Osteen says he, he can build a church to 40,000 because he doesn't talk about any of the bad stuff. Well, the bad stuff is what convicts you of sin. That's how you know that you're not good enough to be in heaven. Basically, if I don't do anything bad, what do I need Jesus for? If if I'm not bad enough to go to hell, I don't need Jesus. I can go any way I want. And in fact, according to Oprah and Joel Osteen and Rick Warren and several others, basically there are many roads to the top of the mountain. There are many roads to to, to God. That's what they're telling us. It's And it's like, no there, is no, there is one pathway to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. Well, there's many roads to their God. Exactly. That, that, but their God is Satan. Right. And their God
1: is going in the wrong direction of what we want to go. And when you... I actually confronted a church because they said they were partners with Rick Warren. And I confronted them about it, and they got offended because they didn't see what he was about. All they saw was... What he was bringing to their church. Part of their, his, his franchise church ministry type, his, that concept. Here, buy my franchise program and your church will prosper. Well, unfortunately, it's still not working for that church and they haven't realized it.
0: Well, and really the, the Rick Warren philosophy only worked for one church and that was Saddleback. It's never worked anywhere else. It doesn't work because it's, it was only a, it worked in one area, which of course, there is no formula To grow God's church. If there is a formula at all, there's one, and that is to give the gospel. But that's not going to necessarily bring them to your building. Okay? You give the gospel for the kingdom, and God's church will grow, but it does not necessarily bring them to your building. Rick Warren's philosophy, Joel Osteen's philosophy, and all those, is to bring them to their building. Hillsong philosophy is to bring them to their building. It's not to grow the church of Jesus Christ. Now, I know this might sound judgmental to some of you. Maybe you're listening and saying, well, that's, you know, that's pretty judgmental. Well, all I'm doing is giving the truth. And sometimes the truth is judgmental. Sometimes the truth, when you speak the truth, people take it as being judgmental. And in fact, all it is is the truth. If I tell you that uh, if you follow Satan, you're going to hell, that's judgmental, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm reading you what the scripture says. If you follow Satan, you're going to hell. You follow Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. It's cut and dry. It's black and white. Boom. There it is.
1: I have found throughout my time of study in the last few years that the only time people get offended is if they're under conviction. So they, they throw out the, well, you're judging me. Well, the only reason you feel that way is because you feel convicted because of something that's going on. If you were to say to me, pastor, you know, you, you're going to be judged for this. Well, if I agree with you and I understand that, I'll, at the most, I'll say, well, thank you for pointing that out. Let me repent of it and, you know, we'll move on. Cool. That's fine. It's the people that, that don't want to turn from that, that feel convicted, that get offended, are the ones that are confrontational about it. If you are truly a Christian and someone says, Hey, I saw this in your life. I, I'm approaching you, you know, one on one because I believe it's sin, and I just wanted to point it out so that hopefully you'll you'll repent of it and you know get right with God. If you're a true Christian, you'll say you're right. That is true. Yes, I, I'll go repent of it, and we'll be able to move on. Don't get offended if you're a Christian. And someone points out sin in your life. You should thank them because you might have I don't want to say missed it, but you might have been in that state of mind where you just didn't well you were King, acceptance of it. King David is a is a great example.
0: He did not get offended when Samuel came to him and told him, "Look, uh that, that this person has stolen, he has murdered someone and he has stolen their wife. What should we do?" And of course he's like, huh, "Well, bring him in here. Let's string him up right now. We're going to kill him. He's he's done." And Samuel said, "You are the man." Because David basically had his uh, you know, one of his uh, top guards killed so he could have his wife. Well, he recognized that then at that point. He didn't say, how dare you judge me? He said, oh, my God. And he wept and he said, forgive me, God, because I this is true. You see, if you are a Christian, God says that you will welcome his rebuke. He says that you will welcome it, welcome it when God chastises you you will welcome that if you do not know jesus you're going to say how dare you judge me because i mean i'm sorry that you know that might seem a little bit harsh but it's truth and it's the truth you've got to you if you're going to accept jesus christ and walk in his salvation you've got to accept the truth and so at one point if you can't accept the truth then do you know jesus that has to be the next question Do you actually know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And to me, the answer to that question is, no, you don't. Because you're not a repented heart. Remember, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. If you've confessed your sins and the belief in your heart makes you repent and turn from your sins. The message of the day, the message of the 21st century is repent, America, repent. If you are in a different part of the world listening to this, repent. It is time to turn from your sin and turn from your wicked ways and turn from your debauchery and turn from all of those things that you did in the past and turn to Jesus. That is, that, that's the time that we're in. That's the day. That's the harsh reality. That's what people don't want to hear. That's where we are. This is the reality. It is time to repent in the name of
1: Jesus. Well, I'm Pastor, we've discussed this in previous uh, programs, we are allowed to judge people within the church because they represent the image of the church. So if we allow sin in the church without correcting it, then when they go out into the world, the world sees that false image of the church. And we are not allowed to, to judge people outside of the church, we are allowed to point out sin, but... And it really is that fine line of letting them know they're in sin for salvation's sake and attacking them for their sin for judgment's sake. We aren't to do that. We're to be a witness to them. If we just went out into the world as Christians and said, you're all sinners, you're all going to hell, you might as well just die right now if you don't repent of your sins. Yeah, that's judgment. If we go out into the world with Christ's attitude of compassion for the sinner for the sake of salvation letting them know the truth without attacking them, that's the way it should be. But once they decide to, to claim to be a Christian, whether they are or not, and they enter the church, at that point they come under the judgment of the church because they are a representation of that church. And that's where the distinction, I I think in a lot of people's minds, they, they don't understand.
0: Well, and it also, it's it's showing love for the brother or sister. Wait a minute, God does not approve of this kind of behavior. And if I see you in this behavior, and I don't call you out on it and let you know that you need to repent, then you might be, be hurt. Then they're going to be hurt. Ultimately, they're going to be hurt because because they are sinning and they're, and they're not called on that. Paul had to do that with Peter. Here we are reading the book of Peter. Is Peter in heaven? Yes, he is. Paul had to do that with Peter. Paul said that he had to go to Peter and he had to talk to him in his hypocrisy because Peter had fallen back in to Judaism, basically. He, had, he hadn't really denied Christ, but he was denying Christ by his actions. And so Paul had to call him that. What did Peter do? He repented. He didn't say, boy, how come you're judging me? He knew he was being judged because he needed to be judged. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will welcome it when you are chastised by God. That's all there is to it. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We're going to get more into this again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our program. Um, if you would like to go to donate to our program, please go to hisgospelpower.org or go to one of our apps on iTunes or on Google. Thank you once again. Until next time, I pray you receive His Gospel Power today. My life was flying by I always wondered why I was so empty deep within. But then you came to me and let my spirit see. And you forgave me of my sin. But faithful you would be your love is you shown